Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Border Podcast with Scotty Conley. I am Scotty Conley, a.k.a. The Body. Uh, before we bring in our guests, before we start this episode, I definitely feel like it would be very irresponsible of me to not say something about what is happening in our world right now. Unfortunately, I am a white male, and I have no clue what the right thing to say is. I'm not versed enough to give you a full history lesson on hundreds of years of black oppression, and I'm in no way qualified to talk about the proper way for black people to express their anger, whether it be peaceful or riotous. So here's what I got. I love you, every single one of you. I don't care who you are, I don't care how you feel about me. I don't care if you skate, rollerblade, play football, or live in your mom's basement. I love you. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, alien. I love you. I love the cops that are taking a knee, putting down their weapons while trying to keep the peace. And I love the people standing up for the voiceless. I love you all. And if you have hate in your heart, I swear I'm gonna love you so fucking much it makes it uncomfortable for you to even think that what is happening in our world right now is in any way acceptable. George Floyd, rest in peace. I love you. And Boo Johnson, if you are out there listening, I love you. I have two sisters. I can't even imagine what you're going through right now. Skateboarding has your back. Layla Johnson, rest in peace. I love you. So if everybody could just join me for 10 seconds of silence in honor of George Floyd, Layla Johnson, and all victims of oppression, racism, corruption, and brutality of any form. I'm gonna start that right now. Thank you for listening. Let's start the show. I hear some birds out the window. I'm in my office in Tampa. Rob's recording down the street from me, and joining us from his apartment in New York City, we have the OG filmer of the entire Tampa skateboarding scene, and to the outside world, he is the creator of the Static Video series, he filmed One Step Beyond, he's here to crack every conspiracy on earth, and he is the owner of the Theories of Atlantis distribution, so I want to welcome our guest, Josh Stewart, Josh, Tampa legend. How are you doing, sir? Thanks for joining us. What's up, man? Those are Brooklyn birds you hear in the background. Ooh. Yeah, you can hear their accent if you listen closely. Oh, yeah, I think one just said, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, man. That was a really well, well-written, well-spoken uh, introduction, and uh, I don't really think I'll do it a disservice by adding to it other than, you know, I feel the same way. and. Um, I don't think any of us really know, you know, there's no right way 
to think or, 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 or feel, I feel like in this, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people will comment on each other's posts and stuff on Instagram and be like, hold on, you know, like you need to, re it's like, you know what, like, it's just awful in general, you know, overall. And it's, it's awesome to see this much attention finally, finally being paid to something that just gets, has its two day news cycle and then get swept under the rug and the same problems just never, you know, just keep going on and nothing ever gets fixed. So anyway, absolutely. Uh, I've tried not to say much about it just because I feel like anybody who's tried to say anything, no matter what the world is so divided right now, like no matter what you say, there's going to be there. People are just waiting to jump down your throat yeah, yeah. For, for what you didn't say or what you said differently or what, this guy said that wasn't what you said and the whole message of everything just gets diluted and uh i don't think social media is the place for any of this no and it's tough because we all like you know especially skateboarding we you know they're, they're, it's such a in, inclusive and and um you know it's such a varied you know amount of backgrounds uh, involved um and everybody's welcome so it's like i feel like most of our community we're on the same page um and uh but it's just you know it's like you said it's like when you you don't know how to deal with it because you want to show support and um you know it's like you're either not doing enough for some people or what you are doing you know it's like hold on you should have tagged this and you should you know it's like just difficult but i think it's just knowing that you or care is all that matters the accusations of overcompensation. Right, right. Like, come on. Like, even like yesterday, we all thought we were doing something good because we, we wake up to see a bunch of black squares on our Instagram feed and everybody's doing the black squares and it's a sign of solidarity. By this morning, it was whack. Right, right. Like, what? Like, I, like, I can't even, like, support you guys correctly. I, I can't. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So but it, it's just, you can't take it, you know, if you're doing something out of, out of love and support and it, you know, if you don't do it the right way, it, it's like, you, you can't, you can't sweat it too hard. You know, it's like sh show your support however you can. And, and, um, you know, well, uh, I will say I commend you cause you're absolutely putting, putting your money where your mouth is. Cause all of the profits from theories of Atlantis right now are going directly to uh, organizations to support the black lives matter movement. So kudos to you, sir. Um, thanks. Thanks. I mean, that was, um, Pat's, Pat's been, it's awesome. Pat Steiner who works for us, you know, uh, Lakeland legend. Um, he's been really, uh, it's rad to see him take, so, take so much to it. And he's, he's protested multiple times already and he's been, um, really vocal in making sure that we, uh, that we do something, you know, to, to show our support. And, and it's, it's tough because you feel like that's the thing is those kind of gestures um, is, you know, it's so little, it's so little, it's the least we could do, but even that do in doing so, I feel like it's like you, like it could be seen as like, you're doing it for the optics, not for the, the real reason of just trying to support, you know? So yeah, that's I mean, it goes to the whole quote of just uh, doing it for the gram. Right. You know, right. So it's hard. It it's, it's a, it's a sketchy line we're walking right now. And, uh, I just hope that when this quarantine is over and we can all hit the streets that, uh, 
we're joining each other in a better world than what we than what we're living in now. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I, I really do think that that that's where it's it's headed. Um, but it's going to be rocky, I think, for sure. You know, for a little while, and hopefully we can you know people stay on this. That's why I think the quarantine is actually helping. You know, it's 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 allowing this the people's focus to stay on this this topic, and and hopefully people will maintain that fire in their in their gut uh long enough to actually get out and vote and change um and maybe a lot of people will get involved you know the same way it happened um you know uh i guess that would be 2018 you know after trump got elected uh a lot of people got fired up and a lot of women you know won seats in in local um and local elections and, and, uh, you know, so hopefully this will chart change a lot of things and get people actually involved, not just voting, but actually people in their communities involved. I, and, I, and I can definitely see a lot of people like going straight to city council and trying to join. Uh, like, I think this is going to bring a lot of new faces into local politics. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's gonna, gonna brush out and, and kick out a lot of the, old school racism that still exists. Yeah, I really hope so. Cause that's the thing is you can vote and voting, you know, definitely matters, but um, actually getting involved and being in there and making a difference that way is, is the only real way to ensure that there's some real change that's going to happen. So, Well, um, like one of the smartest, dumbest dudes I ever saw in life, Forrest Gump once said, uh, that's all I've got to say about that. So we love you. We're moving on. I'm going to talk about Josh Stewart, the boy. Aww. Growing up, you were born in Tampa, born and bred? Yeah, I was born at St. Joseph's Hospital um, on, used to be called Buffalo Avenue, but now it's MLK. Now it's Martin Luther King, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually remember living in Tampa when, when Buffalo Road was changed to Martin Luther King. Um, if you drive down Martin Luther King, there's still some places that still have like, uh, there's still a plaza that's called Buffalo Pla Buffalo Road Plaza. Oh, really? It's pretty cool. That's pretty um, close to you guys for the border, right? Now you guys are off the yes, border. Yes, very close. Very close. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you grew up in Tampa, obviously. Um, your your story kind of starts like from from what I understand. You met Ed Salego actually in high school, and you also grew up in the same neighborhood as Ryan Clements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, we only lived in the same neighborhood as Ryan for about a year and a half. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my brother, um, Jeb was, uh, um, in the, in the mid to late eighties, he was kind of like one of the main, you know, like I'd say four or five main, like up and coming skaters and, and, in Florida, you know, like him and Mike Dare were contemporaries, Lance Conklin yeah. And, um, so yeah, so I kind of got to know a lot of the skate community through him when I was a little kid, you know, I was like 10 and those dudes would be hanging out at our house and stuff. Um, and then I start, I, I, when we met, when I met Ryan Clemens, I was nine, I think, and I didn't skate yet. Um, oh. yeah. And that was the house that Ryan grew up his whole, I think most of his childhood, but we were only there for about a year and a half, but he lived like seven houses down and him and Jeb became like best friends. So that one Ryan, year is really all you need to make friends for life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially back then there was like so few skaters, you know, yeah. like, 
Like, but was, I remember, like, yeah, in, in high school, it was like, let me find the four skaters that are here. Those are my boys. Like, yeah. that, that was the friend set. Yeah. And, and Ryan was, like, it was different because Ryan and my brother were such good friends, and Ryan's just such, like, a likable person. He literally became, like, a – a third brother in our, in my family. Like he was over all the time. Like when we did family events, he, he was present in everything, you know, he's been at every, at family weddings and, you know, he just literally became like, uh, especially back then he was like another kind of like a, a distant brother for me. That's and then you mentioned Ed Salego. That was, um, the net, that was when I was basically, I went to Gaither high school and uh, I think Ed moved to Tampa from New Jersey. He was 15 and I was 16 or 17. So um, that's, that's how I first met him. All right. And uh, so you guys are skating. And uh, how, how long did it take you, like, after skating and, and falling in love with skateboarding, how long was it before you, like, picked up a camera and figured out that, like, that, that was kind of an avenue that you were into? Uh, it was actually pretty early on, um, and it's weird because now, cam you know, everybody's got a camera in their back pocket, but um, I'd say that was probably 1989, 1990 is, is around when my parents, it was like, you know, <laughs> home video technology was new, you know, so my parents got one of those uh, VHSC camcorders where it's like the miniature VHS tape that it films on and then you have to put it inside like a bigger, like you impregnate this bigger VHS to put it yeah, to watch I'm, it. I'm familiar with the tech. Yeah. So they, they got that and nobody used it in, in our house. Um, and so I just, I was probably, I started skating when I was 12. So probably when I was 13, I started taking it like to the grocery store parking lot with my friends and filming each other. Um, and it was did you, ever have, did you ever have the camera that you actually put the entire VHS tape into? Oh, no, I didn't, actually, no. I um, never had a full-on VHS camera. No. I got one of those hand-me-down from my grandpa when I, was no in, way. When, I was in, when I was in high school. And, dude, I filmed, like, I, filmed, I still have, like, my tape from, like, when I filmed Tampa Pro. That's like, sick. The first time I went to Tampa Pro was, like, the year Andrew Reynolds, like the, like, the first and second year Andrew Reynolds won was, like, my first time going to Tampa Pro. And was I that 99? It was, uh, let's see, I was, it was probably 98, 99. Okay, yeah. Um, Reynolds, like, I was, I was so excited. I went to this pro contest, and Andrew Reynolds won street. Mike Frazier won vert. And I was yeah. just like, like, my mind was blown because these dudes were from Tampa, like, from the Tampa area. Yeah. Like, from Florida, repping Florida. And, like, I was just so proud. Like, all these big dogs are coming in from California, but. Dude, my locals fucking destroyed them. And that was like, and that wasn't, no offense to like contest skating today, because obviously it's, it's impressive and it's, it, you know, um, kids are in, incredible. But at that time, it was like every single dude you wanted to see came to those contests. It wasn't just like dudes who only skate contests. It was like John Cardiel and Andy Roy and like Javante Turner and you know what I mean? It was like the, dude, all of the dude, illest dude. Andy, Roy, Andy Roy was one of the first contest runs I had ever seen on a professional level. <laughs> Are you serious? So, oh my God, dude. Like in, in, in growing up at skate park of Tampa, I watched dudes like Tolly and Kevin Koss. Oh man. And so man. when Tampa pro came around and I saw Andy Roy, I thought like 
Tully and Koss were like the next dudes in line. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, like Andy Roy blew, like was blew my mind. But also in that same finals was like Mark Johnson, Willie Santos, uh, trying to remember like Reynolds won it. I think maybe like Mike Santarosa was in there possibly. Yeah. And dude, it was insane to see those dudes. And then the next year was, was the one that I actually filmed with my granddad's cam. So I have the VHS tape and it's like, dude, Mike Carroll, Jamie yeah. Thomas, Rick Howard, uh, like Chet Childress is there in the semifinals. Like, dude, it was like, mo like one of the years Moses at Conan was there killing it. Like, like, it's just such a – it's crazy because it's so – like, there's so much variety. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and it's it's impossible whenever you talk – whenever I talk about this this era to put it into context or, or to relate it to, like, younger kids to understand Florida was like – you. it was like being on Mars nowadays. You know what I mean? It was almost like another planet. You were – like, that distance between California and Florida in the mid-'90s was – a massive massive distance as far as like you know there was no internet you did not like there's no obviously there's no social media everything you you learned was in print or through rumors you know and so to have the entire like this the illest skaters not just the best skaters either the illest personalities and you know what i mean and people who shaped the the, the culture of skateboarding all converging in tampa you know and as much respect as I have from Tampa, it's not exactly like, you know, a global destination, you know, people in London aren't like dreaming of going to Tampa. It's just like a, such a crazy thing that happened. It's, um, it, it's the place that you might go for a day if you, if you take a long vacation to, to Disney World. Right, right, exactly. So we were just so lucky to have that, you know, that mixture of, of talent to see. And, and like you said, those different the different cultures too, which is like, I, f I feel like is so, is important to emphasize. You had literally like the menace team. And then like you said, Mike Santa Rosa and Mike V and fucking like the Philly dudes, you had like Fred Gall. I remember that year, Fred Gall, Ricky Oyola, Matt Reason, like all those dudes came down, you know, it's like, and you get this experience to see skateboarding, is not one single culture. It's this mixture of all these different scenes that were very unique because skate, all those scenes were very isolated at that time, you know? So Philly had its very unique culture, you know, LA, like the menace guys were just skating fucking picnic tables and, and you know, jumping fences at Lockwood. And you just, it's such a, a crazy, amazing mixture. And there were no fights, you know what I mean? None of these guys are, aren't, everybody's getting along. It's just so, it's so crazy to be in this tight, like, Tampa, especially back then, um, and I was living in Lutz at that point too, which is an even smaller town. For us to have to have that exposure is just so fucking yeah crucial to making you know like yeah um, and and that that contest open like seriously just opened up my mind and opened up my like just to see all these people like I like I always tell this one man I honestly it like I watched Sean Sheffy's runs in '98. And mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I was like, what the fuck? This dude sucks. It took me <laughs> years to figure out he did his whole run switch. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I watched a kid ask him for his board. And he threw his board on the roof and said, go get it, kid. No and way. Forgot, and forgot that he still had to skate. <laughs>
So now he's trying to like get his board off the roof because he's got to take a run. But oh at the end of the day, he didn't give a fuck about any of it. But he was Sean Sheffy, and it was the gnarliest thing he'd ever seen. But I didn't even know I was watching the gnarliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and and the, there's like characters like that where they wouldn't like if skateboarding was this was a professional. You know, if it, was a, if it was like a professional setting in like a convention center and, you know, you had to be part of a league and all that kind of stuff, char- you don't get to see characters like him, you know, and that's what the, you know, the the Sheffies and Tom Pennies and Andy Roy's are what has given skateboarding. It's like, I don't know if you want to call that arti- artistic, you know, like, like edge or, but it's definitely given us this super colorful culture that I feel like is unmatched anywhere else. Like you don't, you know, you, you have every, you know, multiple cultures coming into like football and basketball and, you know, other sports, but the, it all gets kind of homogenized, you know, cause you have to wear a Jersey and you have to be professional, but, yeah. um, and, and the skate park of Tampa, the guys running it, they like promoted it. They allowed people to be characters. They would give like, Tully Carlton six more tries after his his time was up you know what I mean and like so sick just like and uh just talking about multicultural and stuff uh going back to what we've been discussing at the at the beginning of the show I I recently uh heard uh that that radio show The Breakfast Club are you familiar no I've heard of it but I don't know what it is actually The Breakfast Club it's like a very like just like it's an urban radio show um and uh, basically what, what uh, my, my fiance actually played me this clip because she heard it. And it was basically them saying, like, how uh, the skaters have always had their backs and how um, skaters are kind of like the new biker gangs of the 80s. And except the biker gangs were uh, historically a little racist. And yeah. the, the skater gangs of our times are very inclusive and uh very uh open to everybody and how the skaters from day one have been protesting the police and run from the police and constantly are the ones breaking the laws and, and challenging the system and challenging the police right, and how right. like, like the dude was just like man shout out to the skaters they've been riding with us from day one and and i just thought that was really cool yeah uh, to see them recognize that about us and and the inclusivity uh inclusiveness of skateboarding as an activity yeah and it's weird it's weird because it, it's not that skateboarding is just like open it's open to anybody to try and be involved the only thing that skateboarding is exclusive of kind of it, it, the culture of skateboarding is is kooks you know what i mean which you, you can interpret that in a lot of different ways but essentially people who are like kind of getting into it for the wrong reasons and trying to i mean especially back then especially in the 90s yeah um, early 2000s like like kind of that kookier like um super egos call you out real not welcome what'd you say i said skateboarding will call you out very fast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh we've been we've been talking about the skate park of tampa a place we all know and love in tampa and you actually have skated tampa and before man <laughs> yeah i think i skated one actual and- one actual tampa and and not only that, but we got a top five out of you. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So any anybody that wants to challenge this man's credibility, uh, dude, he, he was top five Tampa Am before you started. 
skating or knew what a board was, or maybe before you were born. Um, that was a, what, what was Tampa Am like when, when you were, when you skated it and like, maybe was it 96? I think it was, yeah, it was, had to have been like the first or second year of Tampa Am. Yeah. I think it was this, it was, yeah, it was either the first or second. I think maybe that was the first official Tampa Am. I think they had right. their first pro contest in 95 and then they decided, I, I think, okay. but, um, I was filming it for four on one. The contest. I was going to ask if you skated the Tampa Am and also filmed it. Yeah, yeah. So it was weird because I don't. Again, I don't know. Like I have I haven't been to the contest in a long time. I, I filmed the first. Uh, I think it was the first twenty or like nineteen contests, like ten, Am and Pro in a row, and then I missed. I missed one or one year during the audio video. I think um, in two thousand one, but. Uh, back then it was so much it was so fucking chaotic and, and it wasn't as organized at all you know so it was just like during practice it was terrifying as a filmer because it was just like shit was flying all over the place there'd be like 200 guys trying to you know practice on the those those last couple of days um but mark's not that big no it definitely not but what's crazy is skating it there becomes a certain point where it kind of there becomes this kind of like flow that it's on, it's like you're in the matrix and you just, you can kind of see ahead and you, I don't know. I just had like a, I'd skated the con the skate park a ton, you know, obviously in the nineties. And, um, I was like really on the fence about skating the actual contest. I was like embarrassed to, because as a filmer, I, you always have this thing where you think everybody just sees you as a filmer, you know, and not like as a skater. Yeah. So, um, but I just had a really, like, I felt just happened to feel really good. Like I thought it was going to be terrifying and I felt good skating that like the, the practice days. And so I would film people's runs um, and the practice and then try to drop in and get a little bit of practice, you know, before. So I was uh, trying to balance the both tasks and um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was terrifying, but also like, it was super, it was super crazy to make it to the fucking finals. You know what I mean? And I felt embarrassed the whole time. Cause like, I don't know, like Paul Zitzer sitting on the sidelines, like looking at me, making these like faces, like surprised that I was landing stuff. He's like, I don't know. It was just so, such a weird experience, but it, it was awesome. Okay. So, uh, there we go. Josh Stewart in Tampa am, um, I want to talk to you about a couple of the first VHS tapes I ever purchased as a skateboarder. And super proud to do it because, uh, like, grew up in Tampa. So proud to see, like, videos that were from my city. So Cigar City, Rising, were, like, two of the – like, my, my first VHS tape I ever bought was America Yellow. Okay. Short, shortly after that, or maybe, like, around the same time, Cigar City came out uh, – there was a, I think there was a premiere in Tampa. I was not old enough to go to it, I don't think, or maybe I didn't know. I was too new in skateboarding to figure out that it was happening. But um, I, think, I think it premiered at Tampa Am that, that same year. I think, I've, I think we were that same contest that I skated in, we premiered Cigar City that night. Like we projected it on the wall there or something. Or maybe that um, could have been. So. Um, I think that's sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so that was so that might have been before my time. So I might yeah. have my timeline a little messed up, and Cigar City may have already been out. But um, uh, Rising specifically, I just want to tell you, I was in eighth grade, 
and my mom took me to the premiere at the Tampa theater. No way. Yep. And, uh, and she was bucking cause it was on like a Thursday night. It was a school night. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and, and she didn't understand like the, the concept. Yeah. Of, like what was happening? I'm like, no, there, it's a, it's a video about skateboard. Like it's a movie about skateboarding and it was all like takes place in Tampa. Like people that I've seen skate the skate park at Tampa are like, in this video, like Alan Russell's in this video, like Ed Salego's in this video. Like these were my heroes when I was a kid because they were the dudes that were killing the skate park when I first started going there. Like Alan Russell was working the counter the first time I went. And uh, like just to know that these dudes were like in a video, it like blew my mind. So I was just like, I, it took weeks to convince my mom to take me to this at the time. And I'm sure, it's sure that's got to be so like uncomfortable for a parent, you know, because you don't know well, what the hell yeah, you get yourself well, into. Especially when like I show up to Tampa Theater with my mom, and it's just me and her, and then like <laughs> the entire skate park scene is just standing outside, like this dude brought his mom. <laughs> like that's sick. And, but it was the only way I was going to get to go. Yeah, I did it, and and after that, like. Dude, I think my mom like kind of saw like how like excited I was or how much I, I like liked it or something because she didn't really ask too many questions after that as far as like the things I wanted to do that involved skateboarding. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that because you, you know, showed skate showed skateboarding and like was like because like the first thing my mom saw from skateboarding was the slam section for Welcome to Hell. Oh my god. When we went into a skate shop just to buy like a set of wheels. Yeah. She's that was playing and like oh the footage God. with Bam in the in the net cast where he taco necked the guy pulling his balls out of his arch that's Templeton right pulls his Ed Templeton pulling, like with his, <laughs> his cut scrotum like that's the first that's the first skateboarding my mom saw yeah so it was really cool to so I think that's maybe why her and my dad were so apprehensive about skateboarding in the beginning but uh after my mom saw that video and saw like kind of the community around it and how excited everybody in that theater was. And like, I don't know. It just, I think it, I think it turned her opinion on what skateboarding was and, and so, what I was trying to do. Well, the, the, I mean, that was a huge, you know, thing for me, obviously to host the, play the video at, at Tampa theater, which um, I was super worried about because I have so much uh, respect for, for that, place just in general you know because um, to me it represents like the awesome history of tampa you know like did you ever go there on field trips as a kid like in elementary school you know what i don't think i did i, I wish i did because all you know i was in north tampa so that was pretty far trek for us i, I was in valrico and okay. uh, every single year from like first grade maybe through like sixth grade i went to tampa theater for a show on a, on a some type of school field trip Wow. It was always a Tampa theater and it always like, I thought it was so cool. Yeah. So creepy. And in totally first creepy. Or second grade, you don't, you don't really get the history obviously, but then like when you start to learn about it and then it's like going like back there to see rising and then eventually going there to see static, which I actually got to drive myself to. Right. Um, didn't have to bring mom to the static one. And then, and then going through and then like watching you close the series, right? Like kind of where you started it right there in Tampa theater and seeing everything go full circle was just like, 
super amazing to see. And I could tell you were like so psyched to be yeah, able to do yeah. that and like actually surprise the world with two videos instead of one. Yeah. And, uh, dude, that, that was, was, I always like the first like four videos, I think, I think Cigar City Rising, Static for sure. And I think Static too. I tried to make sure every video premiered first in Tampa. And then at a certain, by Static 3, I was living in New York. So it became, I always did it second. You know, I'd premiere in New York first and then come down there. Yeah. Um, but ideally, you know, I always wanted to do them at Tampa Theater, but it was always really expensive to make that happen. But I was, I was also really, like, nervous about how skaters would, would treat Tampa Theater. And, you know, I always have these, like, long long-winded speeches before I play a video, um, yeah. which it always bums me out that other video makers don't do that. Everybody's kind of like embarrassed to talk up front and, you know, and I, I, I know everybody thinks it's annoying when I talk for like 15 minutes before I play a video, but it's, I always try to like, you know, beg people to respect the theater and also just to like, um, appreciate the fact that we're being you know yeah we're paying for this space but they're, they're allowing us to do it like when we do it, the other ones at movieco at the central ebor you know it's um it's such a it to be able to do that as opposed to playing of watching it on a tv at the skate shop or something it like puts it gives everybody this such a different experience you know and and, uh, and, and, and it just makes it look like 10 times more like not totally. but like you know le legitimate like yeah yeah, exactly. Like, just like, uh, just so you know, man, like when, when we started uh, making videos for Shaquifa and we felt like we had a product that was good enough, the first place we went to to try to premiere it was Tampa Theater, and that's because of you. Sick. And, Sick. And just the respect that we have for, for, for that place is like hollowed ground for, for Tampa and the scene and like just because of what you've done there and what you've accomplished in this town. And, uh, like, just, you will always be respected around here. Thanks. For, for uh, what, what, you've, what you've done and what you've left behind and all the skaters that you brought along with you um, to New York, like, mass exodus from Florida to New York. <laughs> uh, I know New York was, was not feeling that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I still uh, hear about it occasionally. Yeah, I'm sure you still do. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I like. I just always hear it from the. Oh, great, another guy, another guy from Florida. Yeah, yeah. But um, I try. You know, it's tough because I um, I lived in Tampa. I stayed there till I was 29, and um, actually, uh, Nick Halkius and I tried uh, really hard to make some stuff happen there with the the city. We we had meetings with um. I can't remember what his department or his, his actual position is, but he was like yeah. director of the arts for Tampa. And we were trying to basically establish a space um, like an art gallery or like a collective with all the empty space that was on uh, Franklin street at the time. You know, this is like uh, early two thousands, probably two thousand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, down there by the billiard store, Rialto theater. Yeah. And there was, it was like, this yeah. is before, you know, they, downtown Tampa definitely had a uh, club complete, Atlanta. What's that? Club Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, there's been a huge renaissance in downtown and they, you know, literally at this point, nobody lived in downtown. Like there was literally no, 
nobody living in downtown until they built that sky point. I think it's what it's called that, that yeah, first yeah, skyscraper. Um, and downtown was an yeah. absolute ghost town, especially in the nineties, dude, when we were skating down there in the nineties, the second the work bell chimed at six o'clock on a Friday, downtown on the weekends was a fucking absolute ghost town. If you were skating there, it was, I loved that. It was so rad. Um, but you were once the only, it seemed like the only thing that was open was that subway. Yeah, it, you're right. Exactly. That was like the the only place you could go to get a drink and, and uh, eat, eat a snack uh, after skating. But the um, it made it once skateboarding became illegal downtown. It was like really, you know, you were the only person down there. So it was so easy for cops to, to notice. But back then there was so many like old warehouses back like where uh, the convention center is now and uh, Ice Palace and all that shit. There were like abandoned warehouses and it was just so rad being down there. Um, but anyways, the whole, my point was that the city was, a, it was at like a serious ghost town. It looked like Detroit or something. And Nick and I were trying to work with the city to do something, you know, my point was to, to the guy was like, look, there's so many creative people in Tampa and, um, we were trying to, you know, myself and Nick, you know, and Jay Drew actually got involved of people like, look, we're doing stuff. We had already organized multiple art shows um, in the, in the city. And we were just basically saying work with us to, to provide a space or something that promotes this and keeps, gives art more artists a reason to stay in Tampa instead of leaving, you know, um, there's no way to make a, a living as an artist in Tampa is really difficult. And for me as like a videographer, um, making skate videos was not a way, you know, I couldn't make a living doing that. So, um, I started getting jobs, uh, you know, shooting jobs. And when I came up to New York to film for static three, the amount of opportunity here is insane compared to 10, you know, you, you can't really, yeah. the only thing you're going to do as a videographer in Tampa is maybe hold a camera for, for local news. Um, or maybe make commercials for like the local car dealership or something. But, you know, yeah. so it became as a way to make a living, New York made a lot more sense. So, you know, I feel guilty for leaving Tampa. Um, but, you know, as far as like, we did try, we, you know, we tried and the city really wasn't willing to work with us at the time um, to make something else happen there. Well, hell yeah. There you have it straight from Josh. Why? He left Tampa, but we're going to stay in Tampa for just a little bit longer because I have some questions about certain skaters that you've worked with in the past, um, some lost clips that I've heard existed. Uh, yeah. the, fir the first question I have is one of the uh, – I just have I just have this memory of skating the skate park of Tampa, and all of a sudden, like, word got to the skate park that there was going to be a session – at the Ebor, the at the Ebor double set at the at the post office, and uh, I was driving at the time, so I didn't need my mom's permission. And uh, uh, Jed Davis hopped in my car, That's and sick. we went to the Ebor double set. It was one of those sessions where there's like twenty or twenty five people there. Um, I don't remember what I remember. Jed was going there to try to film something. I think he ended up just like doing some warm up tricks and then just like not doing much. He might have like fakey ollied it and like half capped it. Just like some quick trips, quick tricks. But uh, uh, 
you know me and you know, I'm always uh, trying to be a showman. And so I was like, fuck this, man. Look at all these people. I'm flying down this shit. And uh, I pushed my ass off and hucked what I thought was the most proper boneless down really? the middle set that I was, that I could, that I could muster up. I didn't land it. I ate shit. <laughs> shit. I, it, but it was one of those, like when, but then here, like 20 people just going, what the, f-? like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, and then they got psyched and they were like, fuck yeah, do it, do it. So like, I got all these people screaming for me and I'm so excited. And like, Ed Salego is there and dude, he was one of my heroes. And Ed's just like, yo, do that boneless. We're going to do it. To, he's like, we're going to go boneless. It's double set. And I'm like, what? And he's like, go huck your, he's like, like, go for it. Let's go. And I start pushing and he starts pushing behind me and I hear him coming behind me and I'm like, Oh God. So once again, like I was not good enough to like, I had no chance at that point. Like three years later, I bone, I did boneless it. But at this session, it did not go down. I don't know. I ate shit. And first try, Ed did one of the most perfect 180 bonelesses down the double set. Really? And he Dude, landed. How do I not remember this? He landed it. And you were, you filmed it. Yeah. Like you were filming both of us. And I was just like, oh my, like, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Josh Stewart's filming me. Like, like it was ama- Like I was 16. That was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I, like, and the clip in my mind was like, this is perfect for the credits. I'm going to be in the credits. <laughs> Josh Stewart video. Yes, I did it. Cause like it would be one of those clips that would be in the credits. It's like one dude eating shit and then you get some magic behind it. Like, yeah. What's the fuck? Do you know where that footage is? I, well, the good news is I catalog every tape by the year. And like, so it's like, you know, 1996 01, you know, so you tell me what year it is, and I'm going to have to do some research on this one. All right. And then, um, okay, so clip may exist, may not. If, it does exist. If, if, if I was there filming, it exists. But you just got to tell me what year, and I'll, I'm going to research and find this thing. All right, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> the next one, dude, it was so much easier to keep a secret back then. But yeah. uh, going to the premiere is static. And everybody's standing up thinking the video is over. And then one of probably one of my favorite skateboarding parts ever comes on the screen, Jake Rupp. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I might've saw the footage of him where he did the Tampa am run where all he did was power slides on the bank ramps. Yeah. And so like I had seen him skate before and, uh, probably just at the skate park. So in my mind, like if you couldn't skate the skate park, good, you sucked. <laughs> so I, I just didn't even like, and, I, and he wasn't on the scene yet. Like people still didn't really know what, what he was about. And that part yeah. came out and it was, it stole the video. Like yeah. it was so, it was so amazing to see because he was doing some things that like not that people weren't doing at that point. Like just, and then the, the style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I have a question. That was just yeah. more of a question. No, I've gotten, it's funny because I've gotten a mixture of responses to that decision. Like I'd say half of people were actually pissed. I think it's more people who knew who Jake Rep was or knew of him. 
Um, yeah. I'm pissed that I quote unquote put him in the credits. And the whole point was exactly what you're saying. The whole point was to basically make it a, a I always want to make a memorable experience with every video premiere or every video, you know, I want there to be something weird that people don't expect. Yeah. And so with, with that, I knew, you know, I was, that video has like awesome parts, you know what I mean? Like Forrest and Sean Mullendore and like, Again, Lenosi's part is awesome. And I you was, know, uh, for Forrest Kirby's part, thank you for introducing me to the music of Cool Keith. Oh, but yeah, well, Forrest, and, Forrest is responsible for that. He, he mm -hmm. was Cool Keith's biggest fan by far. Um, and he had that song actually was unreleased. He, uh, Forrest would listen, he would find out when Cool Keith was going to be on radio shows, and he would record it on a tape the whole radio show and cool Keith would rap, you know, and be all his weird self. And then he, they like uh, unveiled some unreleased songs during these. So Forrest had a mixtape of just all un like cool Keith's radio appearances and wow. songs that hadn't been released. And so uh, that was literally that, that song. Like, would that have been like from like the uh, stretch Armstrong? It probably, it probably was. At that point, I wasn't even aware of who Stretch Armstrong was. But well, I, I only know because because they made a documentary on Netflix about him. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, like, yeah. About, uh, like uh, the the history of, of rap and hip hop in New York, and like they, it's heavy. And what's the other? Bobito is the other yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my um, the filmer Jeremy Elkin, who lives up here, he's he's now like a works in like, you know, professional video stuff, yeah, but he, he has a documentary that's about to come out. That's, uh, um, all about that. It's basically kind of the convergence of like hip hop skateboarding fashion in the nineties and, uh, stretch and Bobito are like some kind of like main characters. So he, I kind of found out a lot more about it through him recently actually. Okay. But, but anyways, yeah, Forrest Kirby, uh, is the one who introduced me to that cool. And I think that song, in the in static, that song had still not been released yet, and I got it off of Forrest's tape recording, I think. But you know, that might be um, hindsight. You know, might be making it up. But uh, but anyway, no. What I want to say about the Jake Rupp thing is just I had done at that point. We had had a couple premieres, you know, Cigar City and Rising, and it always infuriated me that. I spend two years filming a video, and all these skaters bust it. You know, put their lives, heart and soul into it. Everybody comes to this premiere, you know, that's like, we put the, it, it's a big, you know, to do. And then the second they can tell the, the last part is played and it goes into credits. Cause I always would, I would edit the credits. I didn't, you know, I was like, I would spend time on the credits and put stuff in there. I wanted people to see. So the second, the last part would end and you could tell it was the credits. People would start getting up and like talking to each other. And it always fucking pissed me off. I'm like, dude, the video's not done. Sit the fuck down. So the Jake Rupp thing, I was like, all right, I'm going to get these fuckers where they're going to start leaving. And literally people told me they started leaving, like literally were like in the fucking lobby or whatever, you know, and heard people reacting and came back. Yeah. And that was the point was to create this thing of like, you know, like you think it's over, but you find you get this last treat and Jake's part to me, I feel the same way in the whole static series. It might be my favorite thing. And it's because a mixture of reasons, but Jake is just such a fucking special, you know, he has that Quim kind of magic to his skating that yeah. I can't put into words and why it's so special, but he fucking, he shredded for that part. It is so, it's such a sick part. So. And, and I'll tell you that without a doubt, aside from my boys that I'm like partial to and have like 
insane bias towards. Right. Uh, Jake Rupp, hands down, is my favorite static part. Sick. Uh, with Pulio coming in at a very close second. Yeah, and have you ever met Pulio? I have, actually. I think, I think he thought I was stalking him in New York for three days. <laughs> okay. Because uh, uh, I had met Pulio. Um, I had an apartment with my friend Adam Burgess, and uh, it was when Steve Brandy still lived in Tampa. Yeah. And uh, it was when you were actually uh, – Bobby Pulio actually came down here to edit his Static 2 part. Oh, no way. And he was down here just kind of on like a little trip, like staying with you. And Steve brought him to, to, to my apartment. <laughs> no way. Uh, I, I don't think I knew he was on his way. Yeah. I kind of like came downstairs to the living room and he was just like sitting there. And I'm just like, oh, well, huh? What, huh? Like, <laughs> and, and I don't know if he noticed, but I looked over to my VCR and the infamous video is actually like, no now, way. Like, like, like where it stopped and then came out, but it's still in like halfway in the VCR. Yeah. yeah. That was one video that I was a super fan of as a, as a kid that uh, I didn't know why I was the biggest fan because I knew they weren't doing like the hardest stuff and like the best stuff, but just like some of the dudes only had two clips and it just made me want, like, it made me want to know more about Ben Liversedge because like he yeah. only had clips and they were both really good. And then like Samir Krim, I was just like, who the who the hell is this guy? Like that's sick. Like he's got style. And yeah. Then I knew, like I knew who like Gio Moya was and like Andy Batista, and uh, like I'm trying to remember some of the other guys that stood out from that video. But just like Bobby Pulio's part in that video, like uh, like yeah. kind of grabbed my attention like super hard when I was when I was a young skater. And so just yeah. like coming down the stairs and seeing him and, and uh, we actually took him to a train yard to do some graffiti. Oh my god. Um. We all we got chased out by the police, full, full on chased out. Like no way. Had the escape plan because we were all kind of. It was a big one of those big those big train yards on uh, on fifty six, like around Hill, between Hillsborough and Sly. Yeah, yeah. It was like back there, and we were all kind of off, like went off on our own way to find our different car. But we all knew, like we showed Bobby like the Wendy's across the street, and we we're like, that's the spot, that's the meetup, like if we get chased, like that's the fucking spot. Like wow. we actually ended up having to run from the cops that night. One of the, actually the, one of the only nights I actually went out for the purpose of doing graffiti. That's amazing. Sometimes it happens on, on accident. But, was uh, Steve tagging at that point? I know he was like, at uh, some point he was, he was just starting to get into it. And he definitely, yeah. uh, like it was, it was uh, more of like Bobby wanting to get up on some trains in Tampa. Yeah. That's and, uh, fucking funny. And then, like, like uh, watching him do the graffiti and then going back to that infamous part because that infamous part has a lot of his graffiti, like, in the B-roll. Oh, that's sick. Like, yeah. hidden, hidden in the part, there's, like, his graffiti. And you're like, you're like, holy, like, it was the first time I ever, like, kind of appreciated for graffiti for more yeah. than that. It's uh, funny hearing you talk about that. And being a fan of Pulio, you know, like at a young age, it's interesting because it makes me think of like, you know, I, when I was like making my first like videos or even up to like, let's, I don't know, like even rising and, and whatever, like, I, I feel like it, it, it happens maybe to all of us in a different way, but it, it took me a long time till like, what, like style really like settled into my brain of what I you know why I liked this or that or that developed a sense of taste for a lot of things like and I feel like a lot of it 
like let's say the static videos you know there's blatantly a choice being made you know for why these those character skaters that are chosen to be in them yeah um, based around specifically style and personality but my point is going to be like we i feel like we were in such good hands in tampa where we had this fortunate you know this lineage of people who helped develop the taste because that that we ended up having you know like like mike dare being a local is like insane you know what i mean because that's like yeah. most people who've been skating a really long time he'd be in your top five to ten i feel like style wise but people like you know chris williams being in the scene he i think he influenced my sense of taste a lot and like alan russell and mm -hmm. um you know and then the older guys like obviously my brother um but dare and then hanging out with the vert guys too you know i did, i filmed a shitload of vert skating in the 90s and oh. paul zitzer had like he really influenced my taste a lot you know which is which is i feel like people on the outside would think that's we you know they wouldn't expect that you know but paul had like this super in my opinion you know this super rad uh taste uh, or sense of taste with you know skateboarding and he kind of like i was young when i first met paul i was probably 15 and um him and his brother I asked for his autograph and called him mr zitzer the first time i met him <laughs> that sounds that sounds exactly like you back then i feel like yeah uh -huh. so like the like uh I, I used to sit on the bench on the top of the vert ramp and watch those sessions where you filmed because I, I wanted to be in the background <laughs> <laughs> like you you asked me to move on a number of times so i, I apologize for that that's funny uh, like what? i just wanted to like it like because i felt like if i'm in the background i'm part of the scene yeah, <laughs> like, I just want I just wanted to be like I was there like and I saw honestly I don't remember you specifically doing that but I remember I remember a, a host of kids doing that at the skate park who would p position themselves on purpose to be in the background of uh, some of those sessions yeah, um, like in rising you had that uh, that part where it was a whole part of, of skate park of Tampa destruction yeah yeah and, dude I wanted in like Kevin Koss. Yeah. Koss, like the bowl, the, the old bowl session with Clemens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like that whole, like, uh, uh, Jeff Linosi in there, Alan in there. Um, and those were the locals when I first started going to the skate park. Ed, Ed was the local left. Linosi was a local. Yeah. Like you, every now and then you get a Reynolds spotting, but, Ricky uh, Dixon dude, of course, Ricky Dixon. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember, do you remember Mike Bonomo? Dude, I saw Mike Bonomo a month ago. No way. Dude, he looks exactly the same. That's his hair sick. is still perfect. <laughs> um, he's got like three kids. Yeah. And, uh, we ran we ran like a little uh, skate contest in the parking lot of a brewery in Ybor City. And he showed up with his family to watch it. That's sick, dude. And dude, it was so sick to see him, man. I haven't seen him in years. Um, That's awesome. See, dude, I, that is characters like him made the florida scene so fucking sick because it was like they're like and i feel like you're kind of you were young at that point but kind of similar where dudes who like like you were like when you you were at the skate park when you were really young and you were like the things you're making fun of yourself for like dorkily trying to be in the background or you know i, I remember your your am contest i don't know if it was an am contest or it was probably an all ages contest run but oh, no. I was hoping you would remember this because you <laughs> were watching this. 
I just, all I remember is, is I don't remember anything specific. I just remember you being like super dorky and super stoked. But the fact that you were like confident in it, you didn't care what people thought of you. And I love, that's so sick that we had those characters. Like I'm not, you know, like Bonomo is something similar. Like he was so like different, his culture or his style was different than what he wasn't dressing like skaters. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was just dressing he was, like he was in swishy pants and a wife beater. Yeah, like, he just dressed like his homies in a gold chain and his it, hair, like yeah, and his hair was glorious and 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 you fucking and and we all loved his skating because he was fucking super sick. He had his own squad. He didn't like roll with us, but like we you respect people who are like confident in just who they are and don't give a shit. But they you know he was shredding and like Tully and fucking yeah. and, you know. And, and, in a time when uh, when donk hard flips were the absolute shit, yeah. Mike Bono had the donkest hard flip of them all. But his was dope, dude. His was like was really dope. he flicked well, the I, shit I, out of it. Yeah, but like like at the time, that was how hard flips were done. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the like in frontside flips and switch frontside flips were all kind of done like that. Yeah. In yeah. that time, his were the absolute best. Dude, I'm telling you. When I the Static Four video, we when we I toured that around the world, did premieres like everywhere, London, New York, L.A., like theater premieres with like hundreds of people in there. The biggest cheers, every almost every single one, you know, because there's often you know a local guy who will get the cheer because yeah. he's local. But the biggest cheers the whole time was Steve's switch hard flip on flat in his in <laughs> in that line he did and he that was definitely a Bonomo switch hard flip if, if I ever oh, seen for one sure. for sure was uh forgive me that was that the same line where the uh the ambulance is in the background that's a different one that's different a different line. one okay. yeah. and uh dude just having so much fun talking about old static parts um a legendary one Sean Mullendore uh well, legendary to me, that was one of those parts where, like, 16-year-old, 17-year-old me didn't quite get that one. Yeah. Um, but I did back the fact that he filmed half his part at uh, the dog track in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I still go to that dog track because now the only thing they have is, like, a poker room inside. And it's one room, poker Weird. room. And you can still go in there and watch videos of dog races and bet bet on other dog races that are going around 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 the country yeah but it's mainly a poker room and then you can go there and bet on dogs horses uh high lie um and all that other random stuff that you can bet on dude i used to go there a lot as a kid my my grandparents were super into uh they would go every single wednesday of their like my entire life they went to the dog track every single wednesday and then you know it's seasonal so the tampa dog track only has it for six months and then it switches to the St. Pete track. Um, so I would go with them since I was a little kid and they would give me like 20 bucks and I could bet it on whatever dogs I wanted. Um, and you know, I'm like, I'm like a, you know, I don't want to say I'm an environmentalist, but I, you know, I care. I, I, I grew up in the, in the woods, you know, and I have a lot of respect for animals and stuff. So I, and I never really thought about how cruel it is, you know what I mean? So I was, I was bummed when they banned it. Um, but because of the cultural side of it it's such a rad yeah. weird ass thing you know like you hadn't started you hadn't quite started fighting the power yet 
Yeah, and what I I had, I mean, but I still had this like I love like old things that like weird old things that last, you know, like the yeah. the Tampa Theater, the dog track. It's so Florida, you know, and it, it and going there with my grandparents, you know, there's all old people in there, and it, and it's like just feels like it's the 1950s. Yeah, and, and it's, um, um, it's, it's still called the dog track. I haven't ran dogs there in, in 25 yeah. years. But yeah, yeah. When somebody that's from out of town, you tell them you're about to go to the dog track, and the first thing you do, oh, how could you go to a dog track? How could you go? How could you go bet on that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's it's poker. It's just a former dog track, like, right. And dude, I always wanted to film something out there on the old track, just because like it just looks so crazy now. It's like super overgrown. Is and, it? Uh, like it's still there. Wow. And, and dude, I just always thought something would be cool to to come out of there, but I, and or just somebody buy the place and turn it into like it could it could do they could do stuff in that building that, that for sure yeah and uh it's got such a rad like the, the look of it feels yeah. so like it feels like miami in the 19 you know 50s or 1960s it's it's such a rad um just you know it's, that kind of stuff disappears you know nowadays yeah you know like, uh, american People culture those that stuff to, to build studio apartments right right and then you lose like the like the water tower you know the old uh, sulfur springs water tower right there it, it's like that kind of shit is is what i remember about tampa and i fucking skated dude that dog track parking lot anybody who skated with me steve brandy ed Salego, paul zitzer they couldn't i i, I don't want to speak for them but i always wanted to skate there i don't know why i love skating that place so much and everybody would get so, they're like, dude, why do you want to meet at the dog track again? It's like a thousand fucking degrees. There's no trees. It's the worst blacktop, like tar ground that leaves your board black, you know, but I, I don't know why. I just love things that like are his, like old and, and, and then I have these memories that. So still to this day, when I go back to visit my parents, I go skate the dog track every single time and skate those weird fucking giant curves and, uh, I love don't it. Forget your, don't forget your favorite Manny pad on West Shore. Dude. <laughs> Which is funny because we used to skate that Manny pad. Like, in high, like, that was one of the spots. Like, if you're in that area, you go skate that Manny pad for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's the best, man. It's the short. You can, you can do the, like, you can get away with a lot of shit on that thing. It's like an inch high, and it's only about four feet long. So if you can hold on for one second, you can pretty much do anything. And then, uh, like, back to the dog track, it was so close to one of my other favorite horrible spots, the Kmart Banks. Oh, my God, yeah. I think that's where I filmed the first – the first thing I ever filmed to Pat Steiner was at the Kmart Banks. I know and, that one. Yeah, and Steve had been trying – not trying, he just mentioned. He's like, dude, this uh, – Steve had started hanging out with Pat back then. I think that was probably, like, 2005, 2006. Yeah. And he, he was like, oh, you should – you know, this kid's actually really sick. And I knew of him probably from seeing it at the park, but never met him. And then we filmed that line and just like, it's so different to see somebody, you know, see people skating at the skate park or at any skate park. It's like, oh, this guy's really impressive. You know, he comes here and, and has these tricks that he applies to spots that are built for skating. But then when you see how somebody reads a spot and puts something together, like that line, I was like, damn, this dude's actually really sick. He knows how to like, yeah, uh you know. Pat always had really good ideas um, and, and always like, sh like he was always the one to come up to you at a spot and tell you what you should do. Yeah, totally. Totally. And uh, actually uh, old filmer, Mike Spenson posted 
some old clips that he filmed like way, way, way long ago. And I happened to be one of the clips and uh, Pat texted me on the side because it was a clip in Lakeland at Lakeland High. Oh, yeah. and, uh, Pat like texted me on the side and was like, yo, that Lakeland clip was pretty tight. And actually, <laughs> it made me feel real good about myself for, like, a couple hours to, to see that like a line I did 15 years ago in Pat's hometown, like he approved. That's sick. But um, I, w- I wanted to quickly uh, go back. We were talking about Pulio, and I, I slightly mentioned he thought I was stalking him. I want to I – Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so meeting him in Tampa, like that story is done. I met him again in Arizona when he was riding for Enjoy. Uh, he was um, – like I had a friend that was a filmer out in Arizona, and he was actually filming a lot of the second angles of the Enjoy team for Bagasuck. And uh, I went out there randomly, I think, to skate a Phoenix Am. And uh, he picked me up from the airport and was like, yeah, I got to do a couple things, but then we're going to meet some homies at the skate park and go street skating. And I'm like, all right. So we get to the skate park, start skating. There's nobody there. And uh, big white van pulls up. Jerry Sue pops out. And I'm just like, oh, shit. All right, that's pretty cool. And then Louie pops out. And then Tony Manfrey pops out. Uh, like the whole Clark Hassler, like the entire uh, Enjoy team plus like Tilt Mode Army dudes that I recognize from the Tilt Mode videos pop out. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And they all slowly start coming up to my homie and they're like, yo, Travis, what's good? Like, good to see you. How was your test today at school? Like asking personal <laughs> questions. And I'm just like, what, what's going on? And, and Travis is like, yeah, we're going to warm up here and then hop in the van with these guys. Oh my God. And I'm like, holy shit. So, uh, like after like two days of that, Pulio flies in and we, I skated with him for like one solid day in Arizona. And then I leave maybe like a year later I'm in New York and it was my first time in New York. Uh, I hit you up to hang out, but you had actually just left to come down to Tampa. Cause I think it was, might've been Thanksgiving. Uh, okay. So we missed each other, but, uh, I ended up at the Old Max Fish through directions from uh, the girl I was staying with. End up at the Old Max Fish, walk in, and the only people there, there's one person at the bar. Tino Razo's working the bar, and oh Bobby, Bobby Puglio was in the last seat, farthest in the back. Yeah. So there, it was me and three other guys in this bar, and one of them's Puglio. So I just walk up to him, and I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? Like, we, we've met a couple times. Just want to say what's up. And he's like, oh, uh, like I could tell he couldn't remember me. It's like, yo, like we hung out in Arizona. Um, and then even before that, you were at my house in Tampa with Steve Brandy. Like we went, like I, we, we went and spray painted trains and he's like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And like, I talked to him for like a minute. Um, I think I might've got the vibe that he was just like, not into it. So really, I don't know, man. Like I, it's I, weird. Cause I always it was a long long time ago I might have misread the situation and I might be like making up his attitude towards the situation yeah you probably because he's he's like Bob's in my opinion Bob's Bob's not afraid to be a dick but in those scenarios I feel like he would have been like like not I think he would have been like oh shit yeah yeah you know what I mean like I feel like he would have been down to talk but but uh without any communication with him or anything I think I ended up at the same bar as him for like the next two nights like oh my god so I think by the third by the third night he was like looking at me pretty weird, 
And uh, like, I don't even know if I, like, he saw me, and I don't even know if I, like, went and said what's up to him on the third night just because I felt fucking awkward about it. Yeah. Too. Oh, my God. I mean, Max Fish, though, that was, like, that's kind of at that time. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's where every skater was going, apparently. But nobody else was there. And then I saw him at a random bar the next night, and I think I, I, think I saw him at, like, maybe Union Pool. Weird. Um, like the like three nights in a row, I think I ran into him at a bar. And yeah. By the third night, you thought like I was just following him around town. He might have uh have had developed his um his sour taste for Floridian skateboarders at that point. So who knows? Oh yeah, very very good. I don't know. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's that's my story with Pulio. Um, nice. How are you and Pulio doing right now? You guys have a, a rocky rocky relationship. Uh. It's it's weird. We're like, like um, I'm you know if I see him on the street, we'll you know we'll chat a little bit. Like we're you know I'm I hate to like I have plenty of reason to never talk to that dude again for like shit that happened you know like fifteen years ago or whatever. Yeah, but feel free to stop me if uh, no you no don't care, you don't care to speak on it. No, I don't care. I don't care. I, I just, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I, you know, I feel like most people who, if, if they experienced like what Bob and I went through that they would never, you know, it's the kind of thing you'd be like, I'll never talk to that guy again, you know, whatever. But like, I kind of, uh, what's that? It, it, I, I feel like it might be like a, a Axl Rose and slash scenario. Right. Where right. like, there's so many things that went wrong, but yeah. like, holy shit, look at what you guys created together. Right. Like, no, that's true. That's and, true. I, and like, it's like, it's tricky because people have always yearned for the Guns N' Roses reunion. It's been so long. <laughs> In every interview Axel and Slash ever had, they would say, "Give up, fans. It's not going to happen." Yeah. Um, and dude, I was perfectly content knowing that I was going to live the rest of my life without seeing a Guns N' Roses concert. Right. But now that is a distinct possibility. Um, and it's gonna. It's gonna. I mean. We had one scheduled in Tampa. I was I I was gonna get no way. Like the Guns N' Roses concert was supposed to happen in August, and now it's not. Nah. This was I don't know if you know this, Josh, but this was supposed to be the best year of my life. Um, <laughs> you chose you chose a pretty bad year. WrestleMania finally came to Tampa for the first time in its history. Oh my god! I had tickets. Um, canceled. Guns N' Roses canceled. Oh my god! Um, I'm getting married in November. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Maybe. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, it might be a quick trip to downtown to, uh, you know, to the courthouse, if that's all that's allowed. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was supposed shit. to be the best year of my life. And, you know. It, it's, Maybe it's going to be the, the best second half of the year of your life. Maybe it's just the first half, which was two days ago. You know, yeah. we'll get that behind us. And then uh, so. it's, it's all uphill from our all. Well, that sounds wrong, uphill, but, you know, it's going to get better. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the Pulio thing, I won't – not to go – you know, it's just one of those things I can go on forever. But I, I still, as a – whatever my opinions on on our past is and, and how he can be, like, I still have respect for for him as a skater and for his vision of, of skateboarding. You know what I mean? Like, It's actually – uh, it, it's kind of crazy to see, like uh, – the things he's actually a fan of like yeah it's like, very very perplexing him. it's so yeah, random like, he loves like late 80s vert skaters yeah 
like it blows my mind to uh i watched this 25 minute video where he goes to like a, a skater con yeah oh yeah he loves he's that walking shit. around like freaking out on meeting bill danforth and like freaking out on meeting all these random people and like just looking at like stickers it's yeah. it's pretty refreshing uh because you just like he just comes off so so bitter sometimes it's just so crazy to, and it's refreshing to see like him with like wide-eyed little kids stare at some people yeah. like it, it's, it's it's tough because I, I see like yeah i like there's he's an interesting dude he's yeah. and he's smart and he's he's got like interesting taste and you know he's and, and i lump him in with you know like a rick with ricky oyola and a few other characters you know surge and and uh matt reasons and these guys who kind of like shaped the way east coast skateboarding like the rules of east coast skateboarding exactly. were, and, like, and, and how we you know the respect that we have that we have you know i've taken that on because of those guys but the respect to the skate spot itself and how it should be you know the first person to find it should be the first one to present it you know all those those kinds of things but i also have these weird experiences with bob where you know like i said and most people I feel like wouldn't uh, would say, Oh, you should never talk to him again. But I, I don't tend to hold like these horrible grudges on with people, you know? So Bob and I will like, you know, he'll text me about something crazy that happens in the news, you know, randomly because he, he knows he and I are kind of like two of the very, you know, that I'm yeah, one of the no, people you can talk to about that kind of shit. He knows that, uh, he knows that you have a take on it. And, yeah. And he, you know, he goes paying attention enough to be able to have a good conversation about what's going on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing where it's like, I can always have, if we want to, I could always have like an interesting long conversation with him about stuff. And, and, uh, he, he goes way further down the rabbit hole than I do. Um, but, uh, but he and I were both, you know, really into the same kind of stuff for a while, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a super weird thing, but yeah, just like following, uh, your, uh, communication with him on the old theories of Atlantis chat chat boards. Yeah. And like how uh, he had like five different characters that were all like attacking. <laughs> yeah, he, he he built fake he built tr fake troll accounts basically uh, yeah, attacking he, me. Like so, it looked like I was being attacked by multiple angles, but it was all the same. And I knew it was all him. I can tell it's him from the second he writes anything. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just fun. He was like trolling before it was a thing. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like. And you just look up the names and it's like, uh, like some of the names he used were like old senators that went down for like crazy shit. Yeah. Like if you looked up the names he was using and like the, the reference he was making, like somehow all five of the characters like kind of worked like together as like this fucking super squad of trolls, but it was yeah. just one person. Yeah. And he could, you could like, like you're saying it, it was all very like well thought out. No, he had a plan. Yeah, that's the thing that's frustrating too. I mean, he, I, I, I think he does care, but he pretends like he doesn't care. But he could so easily. He's got such a, like a lot of great ideas. He could do so many like interesting things. But he's so difficult to work with, and he kind of like decide. You know, like our big rift started because of uh, you know a single clip I used of Nick Jensen, um, uh, and the tough thing is his rules that he gets so angry about anybody breaking he considers himself the exception to those rules so 
he'll, he'll, you know, he defriended me and turned me into a villain because I broke one of his rules that he breaks himself. So it's a really, you know, it, it, that's what started it, it, the whole thing online. Sorry. Everybody goes cr crazy here at seven o'clock. And can you hear that? Oh, yeah, I hear it. It's all good. That's a little bit of New York love in the background. Yeah. I mean, do you guys do that in Tampa? Like everybody applauds and like cheers at seven o'clock? No. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, may, maybe they do. Our houses aren't close enough together to like hear. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm going to. I'm on a, a street with probably, I don't know, like there's probably like 60 residences, you know, on, on just yeah. our one block and yeah. at seven o'clock, everybody bangs pots and pans and cheers for like healthcare workers and firefighters and everybody for the, it's been going on for like three months. So I'm just used to oh, it. Oh, it's like, a, I, I thought you were just talking about in general in New York, like at seven o'clock, everybody's like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> no, no. Like a specific thing for the first responders, you're saying? Right, 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 right. Yeah, I back that for sure. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But no, we don't have that here because, I mean, no, nobody would, there aren't enough like people in a dense area in Tampa to like make that matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. Let's see what else we got. Yeah, what else you got on your list? Dude, okay. Uh, just the 16-year-old the kid, 18-year-old kid in me just wants to know what it was like. Um, if you have any funny stories about filming with uh, Bam Margera for the One Step Beyond video, like, and that, oh like around the time he was just becoming a world superstar sensation. Dude, not, I mean, it's weird because he – he was like, he's so, he was such a driven dude at that point. And he was just like, you know, just that whole audio thing was insane for me, you know, in the first place, I did everything by myself in Tampa. And then somehow, you know, basically through Ed Salego ended up getting that job. Um, when I, I definitely didn't feel qualified for it, you know, uh, I was very super intimidated and scared to, to do it. But, um, but yeah, the BAM stuff, it, he was like, we were filming on trips and I went to Philly to film with them. Uh, Ed and I actually went to Philly to film with them too. And um, when I got there, he had his own media 100 setup, which that the media 100 was like a super expensive editing system because it wasn't just software. It, it was like hardware. So you had to buy like a full kit. They were like um, 70 to a hundred grand for these systems. And he had his own in his, in his bedroom. So I thought I was going to be editing his part of like, you know, I edited everybody else's part. But when I showed up, I, he already had his part edited. He's like, so, so here's this, you know, you want to see my part? <laughs> it was like fully edited. A pretty good and impression. Then, and I was just supposed to like plug stuff in, you know, where to replace things that we got yeah. you know, better. But um, when Ed and I landed in Philly, his schedule was super crazy then because he went from just being, you know, bam, filming his own shit to having that MTV show right at that, that point. Yeah. And uh, so we landed and he was like, Hey, like he picked us up, but he's like, Hey, sorry, but like they didn't tell me, but, but uh, the jackass crew just flew in. So you're going to have to just like hang out. So we just like hung out in there in the back of the MTV van. Um, Ed and I, sorry, we're getting the, the curfew uh, announcement on our phone right now. Um, I think you guys are getting that too, right? Uh, now I get I get the curfew uh, emergency alert for Tampa and for New York City because I have a Tampa eight one three area code still. Oh, I must not 
You haven't been getting those? I blocked them. I think I blocked them. I blocked, uh, okay. I blocked them. Okay, I just got our, our the one for, for New York. Um, but uh, but anyways, yeah, what was I saying? <laughs> about, you were doing uh, a band. really good impression of Bam. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, we basically, Ed and I flew into film, and then we ended up having to just sit in the MTV van while they went, like, and filmed skits all around Westchester. Okay. And they, uh, I remember... <laughs> Dude, it's just so I can't believe that they the per, poor producer lady who had to deal with this shit because they're in a, they basically like the, they filmed like five skits when we were with them, but one of them was they had a white van and they had a big uh, logo made for the side that said Shady Acres Mental Institution, and they would pull up in in like uh, Brandon DiCamillo and I can't remember and Chris Rapp. I remember the skits. They were they were wearing like white uh, like orderly outfits, and they would get, yeah. they got out at a we went to a convent, and they got out and there was a bunch of nuns doing gardening, and they asked they're asking him for directions, and then Bam would break out of the van in a straitjacket, screaming, and would run out into the woods, and they you know, and then this lady would have to get out the producer, and get these nuns to sign off on to allow them to use the footage. So they would basically fuck people over or freak them out. And then this lady had to go in and get their signature to get approval. And the nuns were like, fuck no, get the, f I mean, they weren't cussing. <laughs> I don't think they were saying cussing or that they were cussing, but they kicked them out and were just like, no, we're not signing anything. Get out of here. And then the next place they went, um, like I said, this is my one day experience. They went to a gas station and as they went in to ask for uh, directions, Bam breaks out, you know, in his straitjacket, starts running around. And so the orderly guys run back out and they smash out, they throw the windows or the doors open. And there's an old man walking up to the door and he falls backwards onto his back and starts clutching his fucking heart, having a heart attack. And his wife runs over to him. He's probably like in his 80s. And then he thank God wasn't having a heart. He had something happen because he fell to the ground and was clutching his heart. And so everybody, they went over there. The producer lady goes over and tries to get them to sign off to let them use the fucking footage. Can you imagine that being your job? Like they were, of course they were like super pissed and wanted to call the cops and whatever. But, um, and that was just, that was one day they did a bunch of other, you know, skits that day, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I didn't film most of Bam stuff. I went on that one trip. We did a trip to Puerto Rico, um, yeah. and a little bit. We filmed that thing, and he did he dropped in at the uh, airport in Tampa too. I, I picked him up for that was like early on filming for the video. And I don't know if you remember, but the pickup, uh, the whatever it's called, the arrivals the where you when you used to be able to wait. Yeah, there's that big that big brick drop in, and and he I was know. like immediately like. Holy shit! I gotta drop it on that. <laughs> that footage was actually in uh, like the first CKY video. Yeah, yeah. We he was here for Tampa Am or, or I mean Tampa Pro, and yeah. then we drove back there. And I was terrified. I used to be really like nervous about like getting arrested for filming and doing stupid shit. So he was like, I had a friend get arrested trying to skate that bank. Really? Yeah. Well, the thing was, is it used to? I don't know if it changed, but if you dropped in on it, the landing was all rock. They just had like, it was like a planter filled with rocks. So he put a piece of wood down 
I think they did uh, make it to where you could skate it. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like they changed it at a certain point, and I was like, holy shit, now you can skate it. It's also been changed again since then because it's definitely not there anymore. Well, he, we took a piece of wood and that, you know, like to do this at an airport is yeah. like, and this was in 2001. Bef- I mean, it's right bef- before 9-11, but afterwards, there's no way you could no. get away with that. And he's, we put the piece of wood down and he climbed up there and immediately the airport security people started yelling and coming at us. Yeah. And so he dropped in and slammed and then he did that thing, which I didn't know then. Cause it was, that was the first time I ever filmed with him. Um, he slams and then pretends like he knocks himself out. So he slams super hard and then pretended to be knocked out as all these like fucking people are going crazy running up after him. Um, and then he looks up and like got the clip and we left. So I don't, he didn't do it. He just slammed and that was all he cared about. So. Uh, he, he was also one of the early skaters that taught me that like, Eating shit was a clip too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I, I pull this like five slams and one make is six clips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he um, was like, and that that trip too. I, the only other thing I remember is, it was really like, he was like, I think a like kind of becoming like a, a star at that point. You know, I don't, I don't. It was just really weird. Ed and I got in his car and he would play that band him. Yeah. so fucking loud that your ears felt like they were going to like explode. And, and you would drive around Westchester going like 90 miles an hour everywhere, playing that, playing him super loud and not talking. It was just such a weird fucking uh, <laughs> experience. Ed and I just sitting in the back, like you can't talk to each other because your ears are bleeding. So uh, yeah, really- uh, my, my, my old, an old friend got arrested trying to skate that he was a dumbass though. I mean, he just like, pulled up in his friend's car and just like put the emergency lights on and got out and started skating. Jesus Christ. So like he probably could have, should have got towed as well as the ticket or the arrest. But like it, it was, I wasn't there. So I don't know exactly what the uh, extent of the arrest was. If you just got like ROR right there and just got a ticket or, right. but it, they were not psyched. Cause he, he just stopped his car, put the E lights on and, and got out and started skating. Jesus. Like, like, but he, he was not very smart in the first place. So <laughs> that reminds me of the, uh, the airport banks and how like pretty much every single skater from Tampa has a trespassing warrant at that spot. Uh, Oh yeah. 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 The, the two banks on side of, with the gap in the middle. Yeah. The Raytheon building. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sickest fucking spot. I tried, I went there and skated. I did the selfie thing where you set up self film yourself. Yeah, on one of my recent trips. I mean, it was like last, like maybe about a year ago when I went back home to visit my mom. I wanted to skate that thing so bad and set up my phone and started filming myself. And then, of course, security—they're on it there. They security showed up, and I thought I was going to jail because I have a trespassing warrant from like you know 2006 or something. Um, but thankfully, they just kicked me out. Nice. All right. Well, you got kicked out of the airport banks and. Uh... We've been talking for a while now, and I think it might be time to kick you off this Zoom call, uh, <laughs> let you get back to your life in New York. Um, just want to say again, thank you for the influence you had on me as a kid, uh, all the kids in Tampa, all the people in Florida um, that you showed that we we have a strong scene, and uh, 
like people can make it out of Florida in skateboarding and all you got to do is, is just take a quick flight up to New York <laughs> and, and you make it. <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, thanks. I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, yeah, it's, I, I obviously still have like tons of Tampa pride and, and every video I've ever done. I try to include, you know, like a full, oh, it was great to see uh past signers clips from Tampa in, in the new static video that just like, even new spots that still hadn't that you still yeah. you're still introducing spots in Tampa to the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's really, really fucking cool. And I'm uh, proud to know you psyched to call you my friend. We've been on and, and you even filmed me one time in 1997. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, thank send, you. send me that date and I'm going to, I'm going to find that footage. All right. You can, um, use it, you can use it to plug the show. Oh, and also I wanted to say, uh, I'm sorry, thank you for your uh, support and all the nice things you always say about Shaquifa whenever we do stuff. Um, you're always one to, to post about us, post about Steve Bajika and the things he's doing behind the lens. And uh, super proud yeah. of him for uh, like picking up where you left off as far as doing something for the scene in Tampa and uh, like trying to yeah, put dude. a highlight on the skaters that are still here. And it's so sick. I, I, everything he's been doing, like, especially the past few years, I'm like, I always text him and just be like, and tell him how stoked I am on it because it's not just like, I have a sense of like a pride to see something like, you know, positive happening out of Tampa, but it's not just like, you know, good skating or, you know, me being down because they're from Tampa. He's doing a like rad stuff that has its own look and unique themes and stuff. And, and you guys fucking do that trailer when you guys use the, uh, the Wu-Tang, um, the introduction, you know, like for each, yeah. each different character is so fucking sick. And, and, uh, and you guys, it's just, it, you know, Tampa, we've, it's been filmed to death by us and, every skater who comes to town but um so it's hard to make it look interesting still in my opinion but he's he's been killing it you know and i was do it's another random thing sorry i know you want to hang up but uh hey let's is, give it uh, another hour i'm good <laughs> i was because it made me i thought of this earlier but i just wanted it's when west west box filmed that part where he went to all the like classic old like tampa you know tampa bay spots you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh, that was so sick because it was like literally like on per he went to like the west shore rail and like the three up three down and like just all the spots that are like, that to me i still want to go skate even though they're fucking horrible every time i go back home i try to go to those old spots but uh but yeah thank you for sure i i and and thanks for you know you guys doing something continuing to do something you know productive and, and rad out of uh a, a city you know that doesn't promote you know as rep, tampa's definitely changed a lot and uh it's it's you know the downtown actually has people in it now you know and there's like cool things that happen there but it's never been somewhere that promoted artistic um creative uh expression i know that sounds silly but yeah. you know it was a difficult it's a difficult play to, place to be an artist or to, or to do something like skateboarding and make something out of it so uh, I'm always super hyped to see people still doing it because it's New York city. It, it's, it's hard to film here. It's hard to skate here, but it's like, it makes sense. It's, it's like, it's promote, it's like celebrated and accepted, like, you know, skateboarding is cool, whatever. But in Tampa, especially, you know, when we were younger, 
it was not cool. And I'm sure it's still not exactly, you know, I'm sure it's still not easy in, in Tampa filming skating and being a skater. So it's just, it's just uh, something I still like really uh, appreciate and respect to see you guys doing rad stuff. And um, Bajika's definitely been doing a, an awesome job. So yes, definite shout out to the busted mic crew. Yeah. Um, shout out to Shaquifa. Shout out to Theories of Atlantis. Uh, dude, we shouted out Pulio, Ben Margera, Jake Rubb, man, like uh, Steve Brandy. Steve Brandy. Shout out to Steve Brandy. I love you, dog. Like, I don't know if we talked about Steve Brandy enough, to be honest. Or uh, well, you know, uh, I think I might be saving him for a future episode. Ooh, that's, that's what nice. I say. If we don't if uh, we don't touch on something. Oh, we'll get to that in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think Steve deserves an episode of his own. Yeah, I'd definitely like to know what Steve thought about me. Like, it was cool for you to actually call me out on being a dork. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> no, it's because, I mean, you were young, dude. You were, like, my, my specific memory of you when you first kind of started coming in um, was the fact that you were a young kid, you know what I mean? Like, and you, but you weren't afraid to be young. And that's what was so, I, I always love, like, respect when somebody is not afraid to be themselves. And it's, it's rare when somebody that young is, is down to be like, you're, I just can't remember the specific, I wish I could remember the specifics of your run. I just remember. Oh, being, I, have, I have it on tape. If you oh, I bet it. you do. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I just remember it being silly and ridiculous and funny. Oh, it was awful. It was yeah, awful. And, and you didn't care though. That's the, that's what it was. No, I thought about. I was sick. But you were like super enthusiastic, you know. You weren't like embarrassed or or like shy. I always wanted to skate with the showmanship of a professional wrestler. <laughs> That's how you came across. All right, and and that also made me a big Mike Vallely fan as a kid. Oh wow! So we'll, we might get into that in the future. That's um, episode I'm, two. I'm opening a lot of doors that I, that I don't want to go into right now. So yeah, I'm <laughs> shut everything down. Um. Just thank you, Josh. I love you. Thanks, man. I love everybody from from back home and, and stoked that you're doing this. So thanks for including me. Hell yeah. Hope to talk again sometime. We shall. We shall. I'll come by the border next time I'm in Tampa. If Ryan okay. can fit me into his schedule. I dare you. <laughs> I tried. I've tried a couple times. I, I text Ryan. He's like, uh, it's not really a good time right now. I'm kind of busy. I'm like, all right, man. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thank you so much, man. Have a good evening. All right. You too. Take, Take care, care of yourself and be safe. Thanks. And thanks to Mirnick and uh, Clemens as well. Yeah, sure. Hi, Josh. Thanks, man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right. See you guys later. All right. See you guys. All right. And everybody, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, I love you guys, man. It's a crazy world out there. Let's try to do better. <laughs>